Hello, can you hear me? I think you can hear me. I see the microphone. <laughs> this is Hannah. You are listening to the Naughty Realm on CockRadio.com. And if you want to join us, we are in the chat room at communitykink.com. So come on down. I'm going to play a little song. A new song that I have. Ooh, it's called Creepy Girl. <laughs> mm, by Jay. So hold on a minute. I met her and wed her before I knew what I had done. I was way too young, way too dumb, and way too full of cum. I knew better but couldn't forget her, so I ran out of luck. I fell in love with a creepy girl with a gun rack in her truck. Blow me out of this old world Creepy girl, creepy girl Come back, give me a world My heart belongs to a creepy girl She took over my house and home And then things went south I tried to argue But creepy girl just hit me in the mouth she has 13 cats and 13 dogs and wants 13 more. She lets them meet at the dinner table, but I eat on the floor. She's red-headed and hot-tempered and good with her fists. My dear old mom used to warn me about creepy girls like this. And I must admit that her shoulder holster looks a little out of place But she says she wants to be good and ready to shoot me in the face Creepy girl, creepy girl, I'm in love with a creepy girl She says she loves me, but one day she'll blow me out of this old world me wrong my friends now please hear me right I love my creepy girl even though she beats me up at night so look out for creepy girls or you two could get stuck I fell in love with a creepy girl with a gun rack in her truck creepy girl creepy girl I'm in love with a creepy girl Says she loves me, but one day she'll blow me out of this old world. Creepy girl, creepy girl, come back, give me a world. My heart belongs to a creepy girl. Creepy girl, creepy girl, I'm in love with a creepy girl. 
<laughs> That's by our very own Jay. You can come right down to communitykink.com and just tell him how much you love that song because he's in the chat room. <laughs> so, how is everybody doing? Did you hear Miss Constance's King Corner? She was asking some pretty fun questions. <laughs> and from what I understand, pay attention to her blog because next week she's doing movie trivia. Next week on Naughty Realm, we are playing drinking game. Oh yeah, so make sure you are stocked up on your alcohol. Come scarcely dressed and we're going to do our own spring break. LDW style. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Jam is going to get a refill on Tito, I see. <laughs> That's right, Miss Brighton. Drinks it is. So, make sure that you've got a bottle next week because we're playing. Hey, Nacho Joe, glad to have you back. Yes, Jay, you definitely should. You would have fun. Miss Constance is always fun and sexy. So, tonight, I was trying to think, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because I knew we were playing drinking game next week. And um, I found this book. And it's called Sexy Origins and Intimate Things, The Rites and Rituals of Straights, Gays, Bi's, Drags, Trans, Virgins, and Others. And I thought we could have some fun with that. <laughs> Andrew from Texas, what's my drink of choice? I'm a whiskey type of girl. I like my whiskey, bourbon. I'm not a wine drinker. I know, that's odd, right, for a girl? <laughs> but no, shots all day for me. Wine gives me headaches. And I found out, with good reason, because Chinese food used to give me headaches too, that MSG is what gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. And it's in wine and it's in Chinese food, so whenever I get Chinese food, I have to get no MSG and wine, if on a rare occasion I do drink it, I mean one glass is going to be fine, it's not going to hurt me, but um, if we're drinking then I have to get like organic wine or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, what do you like to drink, Andrew from Texas? Have a good night, Mikey. And Miss Brighton, yes, I like tequila too. I um, it tastes better chilled, obviously. <laughs> but yep, I've donned my fair share of shots of tequila and lime. You like a good bourbon too? Awesome, shots it is. <laughs> Hard cider. What did I have? Um, I had a bottle of... Now I forgot what it was called. It was pretty good. Um, and it was a cider. Oh, shit. What was it called? Mm, 
I forgot. It had a funny name. I'll have to look. But that was, yeah, that was good. I was surprised I liked it. Hey, Gonzo. You do that, Andrew. Throw one back for me. So this book, I can't really, um, I'll have to, I'll have to screenshot. It's got, they have, they show images in this book, like drawings, and they're actually pretty kinky. Um, but I can't copy them. I'll have to maybe put them on my blog somehow. So, the book is dedicated to my favorite pussies. That's what it says, to my favorite pussies. <laughs> Contents are, is that a gun in your pocket? Cock to wang. Chapter 2, Honeypots and Hair Pies, Cunt to Twat. Chapter 3, A Hard Man is Good to Find, Race to Ritual. Chapter 4, Polishing the Pearl, Dildos to Vibrators. Chapter 5, The Dirty Deed, Fuck to Screw. Chapter 6, S-E-X, Genitals to Brain. Chapter 7, This Thing Called Love, Kissing to Courting. Chapter 8, We're Here, We're Queer, Fag to Dyke. Chapter 9, Out of the Closet, Hetero to Homo. Chapter 10, Sale of Two Titties, Uh-Oh, Boobs to Bra. <laughs> Chapter 11, Take It Off, Take It All Off, Teddy the Jockstrap. Chapter 12, Va-Va-Voom, Gibson Girl to Playboy Pet. Chapter 13, Nuts and Eggs Come to cummerbund chapter 14 battle of the sexes double standard to equal rights 15 is love for sale hooker to hustler 16 more love for sale peep show to oh phone sex 17 heels and squeals stilettos to fuck me pumps did you ever hear that song fuck me pumps i like it Chapter 18, Dress to Thrill, Nylons to Codpiece. Chapter 19, Life's a Drag, RuPaul to Dennis Rodman. I love Dennis Rodman. <laughs> he would be so fun to hang out with. Chapter 20, John Wayne Bobbitt, Eunuch to Castrato. Mm-hmm. Yes, Miss B, Amy Whitehouse it is. So I was reading and I wasn't paying attention to the chat room. If you're listening, come on down to communitykink.com and join us. So I thought like we can start, obviously we're not going to get through um, the book tonight, but I thought, you know, I could read some stuff and then I can make some of the stuff into, you know, questions and you guys can see if we can figure it out. How does that sound? Hmm. <laughs> John Bobbitt. Oh. Mm -mm. So the introduction, too much of a good thing is wonderful. Sex in France is a comedy. In England, a tragedy. In America, a melodrama. In Germany, a philosophy. And in Italy, an opera. <laughs> that is, um, I would say, spot on. It's called Gem Sexy Origins and Intimate Things. 
Ah. Sex has been called many things, some nasty, some nice, few neutral. Nature's cruel trick to perpetuate the species. Poor man's polo, the formula by which one and one makes three. My own favorite, sex is something children never discuss in the presence of elders. Okay, so we're talking about Betty Davis. They're just giving little quotes as to what um, famous people said about sex. Mm. Hey, Willie Nelson complained. Or maybe it's a boast. <clears throat> I'm getting a sore throat, so we can't do this. Not tonight. He said, if I don't do it every day, I get a headache. How many of you have tried that one? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, let's get over to Chapter one, is that a gun in your pocket, cock to wang? If the world were a logical place, men would ride side saddle, said Rita Mae Brown. <laughs> mm. Let's see. origin of the word cock is evident in the echoic explosive cock-a-doodle-doo, the sunrise declaration of a rooster. Cock is from both the Old English and Old French C-O-C, -C, cock, coke, I don't know how they're saying it, where it originated as the echoic name for a male chicken. Most languages use an echoic for a rooster and his call. <laughs> All cocks, what's in a name? <laughs> Many centuries ago, when villages were small and people were known only by their first names, a farmer who bred roosters for mating purposes or for cockfights might be co called Joe Allcox. In time, this became Joe Allcox, then Joe Allcox, A-L-C-O-X. <laughs> that's how if your last name is Alcox A-L-C-O-X that's how you got it <laughs> calling people by their professions is one way in which surnames originated I didn't know that did you guys know that <laughs> uh, I mean I'm not telling anybody to give last names out in the chat room but I thought that was that's pretty funny <laughs> To give two other examples, Michael at the well, who fetched water for the village, became Michael Atwater, A-T-W-A-T-E-R. And bread maker Thomas the Baker developed into Thomas Baker. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> huh. Okay, enough with the name. 
So no one knows when cock was first applied to a man, let alone to his private member. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the earliest written example of a man being referred to as a cock comes from a description by the poet Geoffrey Chaucer of a village worker who aroused other workers at daybreak by knocking on their doors. Fucking pervert. Why do you cock a gun? Does anybody know? Since we were talking about guns earlier. Cocked and loaded. <laughs> Cock has entered the language in various forms. Before the introduction of automatic weapons, a man used to have to cock a gun, an allusion to the metal firing mechanism which was shaped like a rooster. How fitting that a metal rooster should perch upon something as long, cylindrical, hard, and phallic as the barrel of a shotgun, which when fired shoots off bullets, you know, in quotes. Get it? <laughs> ah, makes sense. And they show a picture. <laughs> Ooh, cocksucker is literally speaking one who sucks a cock, either a female or a male. Figuratively speaking, it is a low, contemptible person. The word is undoubtedly more recent in origin than the sex practice it represents. It first appeared in a dictionary slang and its analogs in 1890. Hmm. Interestingly, the authors define cocksucker only with the entry of philatrix, which is a female. The feminine form. It was standard practice in those days not to define a word so common that everyone knew its meaning. <laughs> we do know a lot of cocksuckers, don't we, Miss Brighton? <laughs> uh, where did the term cocking something up come from? asks Jem. I don't know. And Jay, sucking a cock would be really hard for me. I mean, that rooster would get pretty mad. <laughs> oh, and all the feathers, yes. <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the cocksucker? I don't know, Andrew. <laughs> Aww. How about cocktail? A cocktail, anybody? Hmm? Anybody know where that originated from? You are listening to The Naughty Realm. This is Hannah. Come down and join us at communitykink.com. We're having fun. You like shrimp cocktails? <laughs>
Guys who say they have big dicks only have little ones. That's a cock tail. <laughs> that is correct, Miss Constance. <laughs> uh, drinks are cocktails. It says the origin of the most common, one of the most common cock-based words, remains something of a mystery. The drink, originally a mixture of liquor, fruit juice, and ice, was popular in New Orleans in the late 18th century. It is not true, so sad, as often is stated, that the word is a combination of cock, penis, plus tail, a piece of ass, suggesting that when a man and woman drink to excess, his penis ends up in her tail. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Colorful but fa false origin stories are hard to dispel. One theory holds that the word derived from the British cock's ale, a potent sweet alcoholic drink fed to roosters before a cockfight to bolster their bravery and make for bloody combat. Drunken roosters can apparently behave as badly as drunken men. Really? <laughs> Let's give cock's ale an alcoholic drink and feed it to a fucking rooster. Here's a good one. Penile terms of endearment. An old joke goes, why do men name their penises? Hmm? Everybody put their hand on Miss Constance's tail. Have to protect it. No touching, just over it. <laughs> Drunken roosters. I don't like this lag. We should have no lag. I'm already on to the next thing, and you guys are just getting drunken roosters. <laughs> they name them because women won't. That's a good one. Why do men name their penises? So they can be on a first-name basis with the person who makes most of their decisions. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I think it's true. <laughs> and that's funny because Jay just said, but sometimes I think it's actually Jay Sr. And my brain is Jay Jr. See? <laughs> mm-hmm. Joe, what are you doing? You better not be doing anything you're not supposed to be doing, Joe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never heard anybody name these names that they're giving as examples. The origins of many popular names for the male member are self-evident, based straightforwardly on either form or function. Lollipop? Really? Creamstick, would you name your dick creamstick? <laughs> Flute, pipe organ, pile driver, pump, sausage, banana, tool, dipstick, poker, ramrod. So, according to the joke before, if you're on a first name basis with the person who makes most of their decisions, would you be asking creamstick what you wanted to do today? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> mm 
And then they've got some other examples of names. Pistol, cannon, weapon, battering ram, really? Bayonet? Yeah, come on, baby. Let's get it on with that bayonet. <laughs> Lance, warrior, trigger. Cutlass? Come on, baby. Give me that cutlass. Ooh, semi-automatic. How automatic is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Ah. <laughs> Trouser Worm, Roscoe, Pea Shooter. <laughs> yeah, really, Jay, how did you know that your friend named his Roscoe? Or is that one of those guy things? Mr. Happy. Well, some could f say Mr. Sad. <laughs> and then they've got all these names. Dork. Dork derived from the name of the town of Dorking in Surrey, England. What's up with all you English people? Perverts. The town was famous for a breed of domestic fowl called Dorkings, which have large, heavy bodies, short, featherless legs, five-toed feet, and plumage, plumage of varied hues and crow like a rooster. Dorklings go cock-a-doodle-doo. Thus, both cock and dork come from a male chicken. <laughs> Aww. Naming <laughs> your penises at the time. Joe, I don't know if you're going to be able to braid her hair. I really don't know if she's going to, you know, whack you. <laughs> Andrew, what's my favorite name? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Uh, Pecker, Peter, let's see, Peter, Piper, Pecker. Come on, let's get to some, let's see, prick. Uh, the verb prick is from the Middle English noun prike, again with the English, meaning a small hole or dot made by a sharp object. The idea that the penis, a pointed object, punctures the vagina, a hole, and perhaps pierces the hymen accounts for this slang reference. Yeah, puncture this. <laughs> An old joke goes, what's the difference between a penis and a prick? <laughs> a penis is what a man uses to make babies. A prick is the rest of him. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> How about putz? Now that's German. Hey, it sounds German though. Putz is plaster work and as a verb refers to plastering a ceiling. It's possible that plaster dildos once used in rituals to deflower virgins. Really? A plaster dildo to take somebody's virginity? <sighs> Account for the penis being called a putz. <sighs> oh. 
Yiddish-speaking Jews in Germany borrowed the word putz and used it to mean both penis and a foolish male. Yeah, I've heard putz, but I didn't know that it was um, penis. Okay, shaft. Does anybody know where, what, uh, where that came from? <clears throat> stupid. What's the difference between a rooster and a stupid little sissy faggot? Answer. A rooster says cock a doodle do, but stupid little sissy faggot says and cock will do. <laughs> oh. Shaft is uh, from Latin, scapus, 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 S-C-A-P-U-S, meaning a long, sharp stalk, used for piercing. Thus, to give someone the shaft is to skewer them, figuratively or literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, how about schlong? <laughs> Anybody know where that came from? Hmm. Schlong, schlong. This is like making me, I have to watch 16 Candles. It just keeps coming up every week. It makes me something, I say something, or Miss Constance says something to make me think of 16 Candles. That long dick dong. And schlong just made me think of it. Schlong <laughs> mm. makes you think of a large penis, does it, Miss Brighton? Of course it does. So, it says, A flaccid penis slowly stretching into an erection looks something like a snake in motion. In fact, the biblical snake in the garden at Eden is thought by many scholars to be an obvious metaphor for Adam's penis, which tempted Eve. Of course it did, and she took the bait. The German for snake is schlang. The Yiddish is schlong. <laughs> the Yiddish language originated around the 11th century with Jews from northern France who, driven into exile by the Crusades, moved throughout the regions that are today Germany. They greatly modified their native Hebrew tongue by taking in countless local words. Blah, 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 blah. So, Yiddish, regarded as a true Germanic language, contains the word schlong, an altered version of schlang. Who knew? Trouser, snake, it is. A schlong is the sound it makes when you whip it out. There you go. <laughs> oh, wang. How about that? Two explanations are given for this word, each dependent on its own spelling. Wang is thought to be a, contra, a contraction of the verb wangle, meaning to wiggle, and expanding penis wiggles. Linguists who spell it W-H-A-N-G feel it comes from the Echoic verb of that spelling, which means to strike with a resounding blow. Do you want to strike it with a resounding blow? 
or to make a waning ring. This explanation would have the penis being a weapon of violence that during intercourse delivers wax or blows. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a funny picture. The chicken and the egg. <laughs> if you are not down at communitykink.com, you are missing out. Come join us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Are you guys having fun? <laughs> okay. Ooh, how about weenie? Where did that come from? Oh, I love both of your voices, too. As a matter of fact, my panties are already a little moist from listening to you earlier, Miss Constance. Mm. And thinking about you in the library, Miss Brighton. <laughs> Bend over. That's right. The weenie came from Andrew's pants. Did it, Andrew? Aw, Jay. <laughs> weenie isn't the, those damn English again. The English verb. <laughs> Ween. From the Middle English, I don't know how to pronounce this, W-E-N-E-N. Weenin, wenin. Originally meant to desire. Hmm... Through its Indo-European root, when it is related to the Latin Venus love. Oh, that just made me think of my big fat Greek wedding, which comes out Friday, because he was always saying that, you know, the Greek word, <laughs> the Latin Venus love, <laughs> made me think of it. That movie is so funny. I have to go see it. Mm. Sorry, back to Weenie. Thus, a weenie has its own desires and seeks love from its ideal Venus. Some linguists say the penis was once called a ween. Hey, ween. <laughs> ween. Hey, ween. You got a ween there? <laughs> but weenie as an adjective means tiny. Wee plus tiny as the shrunken, retracted penis can be, especially when cold. When they're, but they're spelling it weenie with a Y, W-E-E-N-Y. In the original weenie, they're spelling with an I-E. Furthermore, weenie is also the name of a frankfurter. Hmm. Men do not like the diminutive sound of weenie, or worse, wee-wee. As the joke goes, a husband on his wedding night pulls down his pants and proudly asks his new bride, What do you think of that? It's a wee-wee, she says. <laughs> he smiles and patiently explains, No, honey, that's a cock. No, honey, she answers. I've seen lots of cock, and that's a wee-wee. <laughs> well, she schooled him now, didn't she? <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
What you drinking, Jam? Oh, wait, Tito and V8. Are you good? At what age does the penis stop growing? <sighs> At what age? And where does the word come from? Nobody? What age, what age, what age? Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Seventeen. Stops growing at 17. Jay, of course, yours is growing right now. <laughs> oh, and it comes from the word directly from the Latin. Penis means tail. Mm-hmm. So it's going on and it's talking about the penises and what you all have under there. And most of you don't know what you actually have under there. And then it's talking about the ancient Greek and Roman physicians knew. The inquisitive Greeks dissected penises regularly. Uh-oh. The crueler Romans amputated many of their prisoners' erections after arousing the men with naked young women. Wow. Those fuckers, they are cruel, huh? The gush of blood convinced them that an inflated penis is the result of liquid under pressure, not an air-inflated bone. <laughs> there are no bones or muscles inside the penis. Two long cylinders of spongy erectile tissue, the corpora, corpora cavernosa, and blood vessels run down the penis. In response to sexual stimulation, the nervous system rushes extra blood into the spongy tissue and the engorged cylinders expand, compressing the walls of the veins that normally carry blood away. An erection is caused by the pressure of trapped blood. Hmm. My voice, Jay Jr. can't help it, huh? Question, why doesn't Tom Cruise eat bananas? Answer, he can't find the zipper. Ouch. <laughs> Miss Constance, your boobs got bigger? Of course they did, working out. Ass got tighter, boobs got bigger. You got those chest muscles. Mm. <laughs> 
The average erect penis holds eight times as much blood as a flaccid one. Hugely endowed men have reported getting lightheaded and dizzy during erections. <laughs> but as we'll see, there is a smaller range of sizes among erect penises than among flaccid ones. Erect, most men are created equal. I have to disagree. Mm-hmm. Well-hung men of the 20th century. Ooh, who's on this list? Mm. Milton Berle. Are they telling us how big they are or no? Oh, there must be something running around outside. I hear the dog bark, 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 which you probably do too. So, Burl's endowment is no secret in the entertainment industry. Shortly after the young Roddy McDowell arrived in Hollywood, he was favorably compared with Burl and not for his comedic talent. When Burl and McDowell finally met, the older Burl allegedly challenged him to a show and measure in the men's room. <laughs> Several friends accompanied them, placing bets. McDowell readily exposed all he had, but Burl supposedly showed only what he had to in order to win the wager. Hmm. I don't know. It has. I haven't gotten to that if there's an average size in the book. I know um, it varies from different things that I've read between five and six inches. But yes, way bigger than you, Andrew. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin, the eighth wonder of the world, is how Chaplin himself referred to his member. See, now that's, that's a good name. See, I would want to see something like that if you named your penis the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> I would have to say, really? Let me see that fucking wonder. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did Sissy Faggot say? I heard Justin Bieber has an 8-inch cock, but it's in his ass and belongs to Usher. Ouch. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Gary Cooper, the actor. Rumors have long surrounded the handsome Gary Cooper that when it came to getting parts early in his career, he got a foot in the door by opening his fly. Actresses who performed love scenes with Cooper reported that they felt the overwhelming evidence even through heavy skirts. Leaving for Hollywood in the 1940s, Tallulah Bankhead candidly informed the press, I'm going west to fuck that fantastic Gary Cooper. Mm-hmm. What's my favorite size? Mm, I don't know. It just depends on the penis. But I do like them big. <laughs> Cooper developed considerable notoriety as one of Hollywood's most satisfying and indefatig... What the fuck word is that? Indef... How, what is that word? I-N-D-E-F-A-T-I-G-A-B-L-E. And if, I mean, I'm a good reader. I know how to fucking read. Indefatigable. Indefatigable? <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Say it ten times. <laughs> oh, 
what's the word J? Andrew, would I date a small guy? Uh, would never have sex with him, but I would let him spoil me every single day. Miss Brighton, indefuckable. Yeah, that sounds better. What do you call a herd of cows masturbating? A beef stroking off. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what that word is. And Jay hasn't gotten back. So let's see who's next. Errol Flynn. It's been said that mature, well-endowed men like their secret to be known only to women. While immature men prefer that other men know. Immature men seek the approval of other men. Errol Flynn is said to have belonged to this latter category. He thoroughly enjoyed showing his penis even to strangers, <laughs> delighting in their envious reactions. This is not to say that he did not expose himself to many women as well, but the motivation was definitely different. That's funny. Here, let me show you my penis because it's so big. <laughs> Aww. Liam Neeson. Oh, I didn't know that. The handsome Welsh-born actor graced the cover of a leading men's magazine in 1995. And the interview inside addressed Hollywood rumors about his extraordinary size. Neeson did not deny them. And the interviewer, a woman, observed that his fingers were as thick and solid as most men's erections. The rumors were finally confirmed when Neeson shot full frontal nude scenes for Rob Roy. Not all the footage was released, but in the director's cut, Neeson himself is seen to be clearly uncut. Jay, you bet you're the only one here who actually really had something up his or her ass today. No joke. <laughs> I don't know about that, Jay. <laughs> I mean, I know you had something actually up your ass, but I find it hard to believe that nobody else in the room did either. <laughs> okay, what women find sexy in men? Standards of sexual desirability change with the times. Before men in large numbers took to buffing their bodies in gyms, polls found that women were turned on to men for reasons other than brawn, general body bigness, and height. Those three attributes, according to a 1995 poll, now rank among the sexiest things that turn women on. What turns you on? When women are looking for a role in the hay and not a potential husband, here, by percentage, is what they look for in terms of body. Six foot height or taller, 88%. Imposing body massiveness, 80%. Muscular athletic build, 76%. Broad shoulders, 72%. Large penis, 65%. Well-defined muscular arms, 64%. Small tight rear end, 60%. Full head of hair, 55%. Oh, 
sensual mouth. Mm. Gotta love those sexy lips. Only 37%. Narrow hips, 34%. Muscular legs, 31%. Aristotle Onassis had both billions and size. Ah, so that's why Jackie O was, you know, drawn to him, huh? <laughs> he often boasted of both his fortune and his good fortune. On numerous occasions, he referred to his huge member as the secret of my success. And it was not uncommon for press reporters to be pulled into a men's room and shown the secret itself. <laughs> Maria Callas, his lover of many years, claimed that sex with Onassis made her a different woman. I bet it did. Mm -hmm. Jason Priestley. Really? <sighs> His impressive endowment was supposedly well known to several members of the cast on his Beverly Hills 90210. But according to Rutledge, Priestley's secret became public knowledge when he worked on the 1993 movie Calendar Girl. The actor's member was so large that in a skinny dipping sequence, it kept appearing on film no matter what camera angle the director called for. <laughs> Producers wanted a PG-13 rating for the film and knew they wouldn't get it if Priestley's penis could be seen. So computer editors had to touch up the footage frame by frame. <laughs> the original film is supposedly available on black market porn videos. Ah, you have to get that. <laughs> Grigory Rasputin, Siberian peasant and mystic reports that the mystic healer's penis was 13 inches when fully erect. Now see, that's just too bad. <sighs> Began to emerge when he was a lustful teenager and seducer of many women in his native village. <laughs> Aww. Big penis. Mm-hmm. Are you guys having fun? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ew. In 1990, Gentleman's Quarterly added Schwarzenegger to its list of the best endowed men of the 20th century. Other honorees include actors Matt Dillon. Mm, hottie. I didn't know he had a huge cock. Robert Redford, Humphrey Bogart, Warren Beatty, Marlon Brando, baseball great Babe Ruth, and President John F. Kennedy. Looks like Jackie O got it from both of her husbands, huh? <laughs> Frank Sinatra. When it comes to super endowment, short, slender men often provide the greatest surprises. <laughs> In uh, one reliable study of 500 American men, the biggest penis belonged to the shortest, shyest, slightest built man, wimps with whoppers. 
crooner, Frank Sinatra apparently falls into the category of lightweight men hugely blessed. Hmm. Hey, Miss Constance, night night. Thanks for staying. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> kiss, kiss. Sweet dreams. I'll see you there. Okay, what is the next? Um, we'll do one more. Condoms. The origin of the word condom is unknown. It may come directly from the French town of Condom. The stereotypical Gascon male of French popular literature is sexual, impetuous, and hot-headed. So it might come from there. Or the name may derive from Dr. Condom, an English, an English, again, pervs, physician and Earl of Condom who is said to have perfected the penile shaft casing in the mid-1600s to protect King Charles II from contracting venereal disease. Well, wasn't he the king that was fucking everybody under the sun? <laughs> Oh, or that's probably all of them. Uh, Merriam-Webster traces the word back only to around 1706. Ribs, ticklers, and sperm calves. And it shows this image of all these drawings. <laughs> Penile sheaths have existed for many centuries. There is evidence that the Romans and possibly the Egyptians, oh yeah, used oiled animal bladders and lengths of intestine as sheaths. Okay, that's just gross and it's not going inside of me. The device's primary purpose was not to prevent pregnancy, but venereal disease. When it comes to birth control, men have always preferred to let women take the lead. Nothing new there. Hmm. <laughs> And there's some other little facts about condoms and penile sheets. Here, rubber condoms appeared in the 1870s. The devices were soon known simply as rubbers. A rubber condom was expensive and annoyingly thick. A man was instructed to wash it before and after intercourse. He reused it until the device cracked or tore. That's gross. <laughs> Could you see yourself doing that? <laughs> okay, stupid, what do you got? Four nuns were standing in line at the gates of heaven. Peter asks the first if she has ever sinned. Well, once I looked at a man's penis, she said. Put some of this holy water on your eyes and you may enter heaven. Peter told her. Peter then asked the second nun if she had ever sinned. Well, once I held a man's penis, she replied, put your hand in this holy water and you may enter heaven. He said, just then the fourth nun pushed ahead of the third nun. Peter asked her, why did you push ahead in line? She said, because I want to gargle before she sits in it. <laughs> okay, that one's cute. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, latex condoms, thinner, disposable, and sterile, were introduced in the 1930s. They allowed for such design niceties as ribs and tickle fingers along the shaft, for the woman's pleasure, of course, and a thimble sperm cap at the head to collect the ejaculate for the man's convenience and the woman's protection. (laughs) Today in Japan is the leader in condom use. Like cosmetics, they are sold door-to-door by women. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. (laughs) Okay, last one. Polyurethane condoms are the latest version. Thinner than latex, impervious to oil-based lubricants, the new condoms are ideal for men and women allergic to latex. Six years in the making, the new condom is a spin-off of Saran Wrap. (laughs) Unfurled, the polyurethane sheath is clear and crinkly, more of a baggie than a rubber, virtually frictionless. It requires less lubricant, and since it's only 40 microns thick, its heat conductivity is excellent, offering natural hot and safe sex. It's only drawback is that it is less elastic than latex, which may pose problems for the Slim Jims of the world. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's funny. So do you guys like this book, Guys and Girls? We can do more chapters. We didn't even finish getting through the first one. Oh, I have to seize. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so we had fun. Oh, my nose. Mm. When your nose itches, it means you're going to kiss a fool. Who's my fool? (laughs) So next week we are doing um, spring break. So bring your alcohol. We're going to play a drinking game. If you don't drink alcohol, well, you have to be 21 in order to drink alcohol. But if you don't drink alcohol, then just bring whatever drink you want. And remember that some of the cards, if pulled, do require you to strip clothing off. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Gonzo. So, the week after, I found this other book and I thought it was really funny and I thought we could play it. We could do this. So, I thought we could do Dear Asshole Letters. So, if there's anybody that's ever pissed you off, um somebody you know, somebody you don't know. I thought it would be fun if you wrote letters, dear asshole letters, and I would read them on the air. I don't know. What do you guys think? (laughs) Thank you, Stu. Andrew, you want to be my fool? (laughs) Jem, Drink or two? I don't know. Might be more than that. (laughs) So, yeah. I thought that we could do, like, dear asshole letters. I thought that would be fun. We could read them on the air. 
So that's the week after next. I'll remind you again, but I thought that'd be fun. And then we can go back to like chapters of this book you, if you want. Or we can do some trivia. We can play. Mm-hmm. Jay. Silly. On drinking game night, Gem, you have no limit. So as I like to say, wear your pretty panties, come in comfy clothes, and we're going to have some fun. <laughs> so that's next week. Mm-hmm. Miss Constance wants to get drunk. Shh, don't tell her I told you. We're going to get her wasted. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's a night. I am going to let the big puppy out. And I don't know, maybe put my hair up, put a pretty little mask on my face and watch some TV or read. Just be a lazy bones tonight. <laughs> okay, we'll do that, Jay. We'll get her wasted and we'll ask her, we'll see if we can't get some lyrics out of her. Jay. Okay, so I will see you. Well, I'll probably see you online or talk to you via email or on the phone before next week. But if I don't, then bring your booze next week and we're going to have some fun. So, Andrew, bring your bourbon. <laughs> and I hope you all had fun. I know I did. And we're going to do it again next week. So... What does Miss Constant say? Later, bitches. <laughs> ah, this is your spinstress, Hannah, signing off tonight, and I will see you later. Oh, I almost forgot. I will be posting sometime between now and then another little, you know, teasing little meditation, erratic meditation that I made because I didn't do the show last week. So, be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. Sweet dreams. <laughs>